Give a man a fish and you feed him for a day. Teach him how to fish and you feed him for a lifetime. That's from the Bible. Matthew 4.19, Jesus speaking at Galilee uh, to Simon Peter and Andrew. Not really a, a Bible reader. I have read it. Actually, I listened to it on, on Audible, and I'd suggest everybody do that. What I want to do today in this video is share with you, I think, the most important knowledge you can get as an investor, and that is how to pick stocks, how to pick the next 10x stock. You, you aren't going to be able to do it on your own. You're going to need help. And along that line, I want to plug that um, Power of the Tribe, uh, written by me in cooperation with Colin George, is now available on Amazon. And what it's all about is what this, this YouTube channel is all about, how to, you can gather a group of people together to work on a cause and have a much greater chance of succeeding than if you work at it alone. And that's what Best of Us Investors is all about. That's what Kerry Grinkmeyer is all about. He's a retired financial advisor. He built one of the largest financial planning practices within the Ameriprise system and um, then retired in 2005. In fact, I'm I'm building a new YouTube channel to, to basically help you follow through my retirement and maybe you can learn from the good things I did and the bad things I did. It's best of us uh, in retirement. You can find it on YouTube. But what I want to do today is give you some insights that I've come up with that over the last uh, probably 20 years as to how to pick the next stock that's going to give you a 10x return on your money. It's really not that difficult. It takes some work and it takes some research. You aren't going to have it happen by someone like me on YouTube giving you a tip and you jump in it because if, if they've got a big audience, everybody else is going to see that tip. And um, unless you get in on the front end of it, it isn't going to happen. But if you, if I teach you how to fish, you can make a fortune in the stock market. And that's what we're going to talk about today. So I'm not your financial advisor. Please don't put me down where it says name a financial advisor. Don't put Kerry Grinkmeyer because I'm not. I'm a retired financial advisor, but I'm here for education and entertainment purposes. So right after this disclosure, and this pitch for, for our book, The Power of the Tribe, I'll get down to telling you how I think you can pick the next 10x stock. Best of Us Investors presents Kerry Griegmeier. Yesterday, I did a video that I hope you saw. And it was an interview with uh, Francis de Sosa. He's the CEO of Illumina. In that interview, you had some, I would say, six key points that he said that would give you the information you need 
to determine whether it's going to be a 10x stock. And that's how I'm going to suggest you move forward in your investment career. And that is to study the financials, understand the financials, but more importantly, understand the business and understand how the CEO is approaching that business. Let me give you the six takeaways from the Illumina interview that I did yesterday that I think will give you the roadmap for check for finding additional 10x stocks. The first thing that Francis told us was that genome sequencing now costs about $600 a person. You need to know that in 2000, it cost $2 million. So we have some economies coming into this market. A product that was totally unaffordable that's becoming an affordable product. We have to realize that it in fact has value. He also shared with you that as a result of the pandemic and the quick finding of a uh, vaccine for the pandemic was aided and, and abetted by the sequencing, that he said that would push the adoption of genome sequencing up 10 years as a result of the pandemic. Okay, good information. Uh, and that sequencing actually produced the vaccine. The next important thing he said is they now have a commercial reach of 140 countries. So in other words, he is telling you that he's got a revolutionized means of helping in healthcare that is coming down in cost and that it has been accelerated as the result of the pandemic and the recognition that this can never happen again accidentally or as a protection against biowarfare, we have learned that he now has access to 40, 140 countries, so he has a market. He also told you that 80% of their revenue is reoccurring. This is, this is just so important. If you've read um, the, um, the Future is Faster Than You Think, you know the, about uh, the six Ds, uh, digitalization, democratization, decentralization, now, all these things that basically say that if you can create a product that has a reoccurring form of income, you're going to live forever, okay? It's just like this video, and I was telling Nita this this morning. I'll do this video, and let's say we get uh, 10,000 uh, uh, viewers in the first week, and I get paid um, 0.12 cents for, or 1.25 cents for every viewer, We'll multiply that out and you can figure out what it makes. But the reality is that this is a continuing source of income. That if I die and someone comes after my death and sees this video, my heirs still get paid for it. And that's what genome sequencing does. He is telling you that every time someone gets genome sequenced, he gets paid again. Okay? 
You need to look for that in a company. Is there a reoccurring income or are they selling a product that they get a bump on, but then they got to wait until that planned obsolescence comes in and they got to buy another product. That's not a good business. It's the reoccurring income you want to look at. And then he told you that less than 10% of cancer patients are currently being genome sequenced. He called it the next generation of sequencing. So we know, I know, that 1,632 people a day die in the United States from cancer. That's a big number. That's a real big number. Multiply it times 365. And he's telling you that less than 10% of these people are in early stages of, or even before knowledge of cancer, are being sequenced. If I could tell you that you could pay $500 to go get your genome sequenced and it would tell you whether you have cancer now or whether you have a propensity for cancer or you have a propensity for Alzheimer's or, or uh, Parkinson's or heart disease, would you have it done? Would you have it done if your insurance company paid for it? Would they pay for it? Of course they would. To catch you early or before and have you take a therapy to cure it is a lot cheaper than paying for all that chemotherapy and all that respirator and control that is going to happen to you when you die from cancer. So of course they're going to pay for it. So what I'm telling you is if you listen to that interview with the CEO, Francis de Sosa, you recognized that an Illumina is a 10x stock. Okay? That's how simple it is. It's just understand their business model. Now let's make some comparisons of stocks that have a similar business model and some that don't. Let's talk about reoccurring income. Amazon Web Services. <clears throat> reoccurring income. Every day. The cash register rings. 70% of Amazon's revenue, income, comes from Amazon Web Services. Google. How often do you use Google? How often do you see ads on Google? Those first six uh, answers to your question are ads. The cash register rings every day. Same at Facebook. How about Netflix? Are you addicted to Netflix yet? How much do you pay for it? I'm not sure. I, th I think I pay somewhere between $12.99 and $19.99. I don't care. It's my entertainment source. The cash register rings even after. It, it used to be they would rent you a video and you would pay for it and then they would make money again if you rented a video. But then they said, why don't we, why don't we just charge them $19.99 a month and they can have all the videos they want? And then they digitalized it. And now they make a bunch of money. Apple, the same way. 
the cash register keeps ringing. What about companies that don't have reoccurring income? How about GE? They make generators and they make jet engines and they make MRIs. Now, they may, may maybe, it just dawned on me, they may get a reoccurring income from that MRI machine, but they don't from jet engines that I can see or, or generators. They sell it, they make a big bump, and then they wait for planned obsolescence, for you to replace it. Maybe they make a better jet engine or a better um, generator. How about General Motors and Ford? They used to have planned obsolescence. The fact is that it used to be when I bought my first car, uh, a car had a life expectancy between 30 and 50,000 miles. Then the Japanese came in and said, no, we can get you 120,000 miles. And they had to change their program. They don't make any money. On a, on a Ford F-150, you probably know better than I. They may make five, ten thousand dollars $10,000. How long is that Ford F-150 going to last? 10, 15 years? Yeah, maybe they make some money on, on, on uh, repairs and service. But my BMW, I had free, free repairs and service uh, for five years and 50,000 miles. And the only thing I had to do was buy windshield wipers and, and tires and, cha- and oil. They don't make any money. So... That's not where you want to be. How about Boeing? No reoccurring income. Then, do they have a large moat? That is, you got to get across. How do you build a large moat? High cost of entry. High cost of entry. Does Is it a high cost of entry to get into genome sequencing? You bet it is. You bet it is. How about, how about uh, Amazon Web Services? Is there a high cost of entry? Yeah. Have you ever seen those five football fields of, of web ser- servers that they have in these huge butler buildings? High cost of entry. Big moat. Big income. A growing market. Is, is, is Amazon Web Services a growing market? You bet it is. How about Google search? Do you use anybody else's search? Is it a growing market? Are they selling more advertising? You bet they are. So that's how you pick a future growth company. What are the growing markets today? Biotech. This can never happen again. That's the pandemic. That's biological warfare. Is there going to be a lot of money? Is there a high cost of entry? Yeah. So if you can pick the biotech stocks that are going to lead us into that area, you've got a winner. How do you do that? You come back to this channel and I get interviews with the biotech stocks that I believe are going to lead us into the future and you learn their business plan. What they're going to do is sickle cell anemia, a cure. If you, right now you use CRISPR sickle cell anemia, it happened to a lady in Mississippi, cost a million dollars, million dollars. Oh my God, that ain't going to ever happen. But as they improve it, remember I told you the genome sequencing in 2000 was 2 million. It's now 600 and going down. That's what you need to look for, the biotech company that nobody is, has any 
attention to that you know, and you've interviewed their 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 G, their CEO, so you know their business plan. I did an interview back on October 10th and 11th of 2020 with Jim Rogers. Jim Rogers, for those of you who are young, don't know, he is, he is a legendary investor. He made a statement in that interview is the way to make a lot of money in the stock market is find the companies that everybody is ignoring that is reacting to a change that is going to change the world. What? Does that sound like maybe 3D printing and biotech? I think it does. I think that's exactly what it says. And then he said, then go and read the annual report and then read the notes. He says, if you'll read the annual report and the notes, you are now smarter than 99.9% of the investors in the world. Okay, not many of you are going to do that. But what if you added that interview the CEO? Look at their financial statement. Don't worry so much about what they did last month or last quarter, but look into where they're going in the future. Hear the, the statement, 80% of our revenue is reoccurring income. Think about that. Okay, let's, and I don't know the numbers, let's assume in the 140 companies of of their reach, they have 3,000 genome sequencing machines today. But in the next year, they're going to sell another 1,000, and then another 1,000, and then another 1,000. And each one of those create a reoccurring income. That's the kind of business you want to be in. So I'm interested in 3D printing. I'm interested in genome sequencing. And I'm interested in interviewing their CEOs. So I can ask their que- the right questions. So tomorrow I have a interview, a Zoom interview, where I'm going to actually talk to uh, Rick Fullup He is the CEO of Desktop Metals. I've researched it. I believe they found their niche as opposed to 3D systems that has their niche. And what I want to learn in that interview, if I come away with one thing, unlike my Hewlett Packard printer over there, that I will pay more for the ink going through that printer in the lifetime of the printer than I paid for the printer, reoccurring income, but I can buy the ink from a third party, a no-name company that doesn't have the overhead of of Hewlett-Packard. And so Hewlett-Packard doesn't get the reoccurring income. I've got to find out in the 3D printing business, there's materials and there's software. There's software that has to run that machine. Do does 3D does uh, desktop metals lock them in on the materials? I know they're going out and buying more and more materials generating companies, but can they lock that third party out? Is it done through a warranty? Is it done through a contract? How does it happen? And does it happen? If it does, 
I'm I'm doubling down. They they've got because again, what are they selling me? They're selling me a a, a machine the size of a, a sub-zero refrigerator that that eliminates employees. That that 3D printing machine does not get a 401k. It doesn't get maternity leave, and it doesn't get vacation pay, and and it doesn't get a health care plan, and it works. 24 hours a day, 365 days a week, and it puts out a better product than the human beings that it takes to forge that piece of metal, twist that piece of metal, ship that piece of metal to me. I can make it the day I need it with a 3D printer. What I've got to know is can they buy somebody else's reoccurring reusable or product, material, software. Once I determined that, I found a 10Xer. So, give a man a fish and you'll feed him for the day. Teach him how to fish and you'll feed him for a lifetime. So, what does that have to do with this video and my approach I'm not going to give you a hot tip. I'm going to teach you how to fish. I'm going to teach you how to invest. And then I will use my leverage to get in front of the people who can give you more information. So how do you fit into that? I get leverage by having clout. The more subscribers I have, the higher I can go up the food chain. I Can I get to... Uh, Jeff Zuckel or Mark Zuckerberg? Not yet, but if I had 10, 000, 10 million subscribers, you bet I could. And that would give you entrance into the Facebook C-suite. So is there something in it for you? Yeah, there is. If you want to be a part of this, subscribe. This it, It's in your court. Right now, it's in your, your hand. Click or don't click. Give me clout. Number two, like the video. It, that, that approach, that Google likes that, and they put it in front of more people. They put it in front of more people, we get more subscribers. It's in your hands right now. And then, click on Best of Us Investors. Come to my website. Give me your name and your email address. Come to our tribe. Remember, I'm putting out a book. It's what, tomorrow? No, today, The Power of the Tribe. This is what you're seeing right now, The Power of the Tribe. You should not be investing on your own. Work on the tribe. Okay, that's my takeaway today. Tomorrow, as I said, I'm going to be interviewing another CEO, and I'll continue to do that as long as you help me get it done. The power is in your hands right now. Click. Talk to you tomorrow.